1: We're company live for the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. Millions of Americans uh, finance the home of their dreams with their help. They can help you to Rocket Mortgage. Push button. Get mortgage. All right. Sunday, it's an NFL and CBS doubleheader starting with the Colts battling the Broncos or Kyler's Cardinals taking on the Saints in New Orleans. Followed by the Browns and Pats and Gillette going toe-to-toe. It's all starting with the NFL today at noon Eastern, 9 Pacific. On CBS, our toll-free line, 855-212-4227. It's brought to you by GEICO. Great news. You can save a bunch of money if you switch to GEICO. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on your car insurance. The Player of the Week is brought to you by Granger. Let's take a look at the one who got it done this week. It's Aaron Rodgers, 429 yards, 5 TDs and a rushing TD. The guy went off. Aaron Rodgers, the player of the week. Brought to you by Granger. Granger's got your back when it comes to the safety and industrial supplies. They're keeping your facility running. Get what you need when you need it at Granger.com. All right. So I was looking at this, uh, well, a couple things. One, the Raptors win 130 to 122 in overtime. In Toronto, banner night, ring night, and they were getting worked early in this game. And they fought their way back, ended up being a great game. They outscored the Pelicans 13-5 in overtime. And bottom line is uh, Van Vliet had an incredible game, career high, 34 points, 12 of 18 shooting, five threes, seven dimes, two steals, five rebounds. The guy went off. Siakam at 34. We've seen that before, though. 11 of 26 from the floor, two threes, 10 of 11 from the line, 18 rebounds, five dimes, 34, 18, and five with a block shot. That's incredible. And then you add Lowry's 22, three threes, 11 of 13 from the line, five rebounds, six dimes, two steals, badass. And then Ibaka off the bench, 13 and five, And that's all she wrote. They covered. They were laying seven. Raptors went at 130 to 122. Big win for the Raptors. As far as the Pelicans go, Brandon Ingram led them with 22. Reddick had 16. Melly had um, 14, including four threes. Reddick hit four threes. Ingram hit two threes and was perfect from the line. Ingram, 22, 5 and 5 with a steal and two blocks. Great game for him. Uh, Drew Holiday, 13 points, two blocks, six dimes, four rebounds. Pelicans played pretty well. Uh, The kid, um, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, he's from Toronto, rookie, number 17 pick. He ended up with three points, shot one of ten, a disastrous opening night for him in his hometown of Toronto. He went one of seven from downtown, had four rebounds, two assists, two steals. So a rough night shooting for Alexander Walker. But bottom line, Okafor gave him eight. Jackson, nine. Ball, Lonzo Ball, eight and five dimes. Eight points, five dimes. Eight, five, and five was his line. And then um, that's it. They lost by eight in overtime. Right now the Lakers lead the Clippers 18-10 in the nightcap. And... LeBron hit some huge shot over Kawhi. The place went crazy. And right now it's an eight-point Laker lead. Uh, Davis has seven, and LeBron has six. On the other side, Kawhi has two. Uh, He had two free throws. He's over two from the floor. So anyway, I'm enjoying watching the game as long as the game stays on. Bases loaded, Astros, two outs, down 5-3 in the bottom of the seven. Two outs. And so now the sacks are full. And I don't know who's up, but it's very exciting. This is a, this is their chance right here. They're not going to get another chance like this if you ask me. Bases loaded, two outs. Hudson is pitching. Alvarez is the batter, the rookie. Uh, Don Alvarez. Who's had
2: an awful playoff. Absolutely awful in the playoffs, so he's beyond
1: due. They show all of his career numbers with the bases loaded. And regular they,
2: season in the middle of June means when, they played, when they played the Mariners. It means you know, nothing. That, that
1: stuff. In the postseason, he's been terrible. Now, he's
2: due. He was like, oh, you know, one for 18 against the Yankees with 15 strikeouts. You know, he had just an awful ALCS. I'm just
1: two watching. for two tonight. I'm watching your boy, uh, Lou Williams, just fill it up. Every time he shoots it, he makes it. He is unbelievable. Sweet Lou. Anyway, uh, this kid, do you think the kid will come through with the bases loaded? 0 oh, 1 The count. I just, I don't think he's going to come through. Do you? With the bases loaded? I hope not. <laughs> uh, oh, he took a great cut. I mean, now that it's,
3: was right down the pipe. Right down Broadway. <laughs> now honestly. it's 0
1: 2. If he throws him off speed, it's over.
3: Two batters before this, Guriel just missed putting one out. Like, he just hit that, like, you know, a little quarter inch up on the. It was on the meat of the bat, but just a little too hard. So where did it fly. go to? The warning track? Popped out. Oh, popped out? What's Paul George's deal? Why isn't he
2: playing?
1: Uh, he's injured at the beginning of the season. I forget. He had surgery. I think. Uh, nice bow tie. Yeah, he's wearing a tux. It looks like he's rocking a tux tonight. I don't know exactly what the injury was. I'm sure you can find it, but I knew I knew he wasn't going to play. He struck him out. That's it. He He's a bum when it matters. That, that kid, the rookie, he can't hit when there's any kind of opportunity at all he can't hit. I don't care about his two-for-two because two, he ba- bases loaded there in the seventh to win the game. You got a chance to tie the game, and you swung, and you're out, and that's it. He's been nothing. He did nothing against the Yankees either. He was worthless.
3: On that high heat, too. Chase the one out of the strike zone.
1: He got work. 23-17 Lakers. Now, the thing I wanted to talk about is a couple things. One, the uh, situation with this uh, Astros executive. Man, is he screwed. This guy, you know, I, I think it's inevitable that, you know, one of two things is going to happen. A, he's going to get fired. Or B, trust me when I tell you, this guy, uh, Brandon uh, Taubman, I'm sure uh, I'm sure he's relieved that everyone's watching the uh, Astros play in the World Series tonight. They're not worried about him uh, right now. They're watching the game, right? But the fact that the matter remains is that uh, baseball is now weighing in on it, saying they've uh, launched an investigation. And uh, the league said domestic violence is extraordinarily serious and everyone in baseball must care to not engage in any behavior that could be construed as uh, minimizing the uh, egregiousness of an act of domestic violence. That was today at noon, earlier in the morning. uh, Taubman said, quote, he's deeply sorry and embarrassed, end quote, for the locker room celebration incident, saying he wasn't trying to offend them. Um, you know, I just think he's lying. And I'm entitled to that opinion, right? I think he's backtracking so bad that he's just lying and doesn't even realize it. Like, if he... You know, if he turned around, like, he knew who the, these women were, right? He knew who the one woman was that was like, didn't she, isn't she the uh, domestic violence advocate? She's like, miss, she wears bracelets and everything and, and gets all. Uh, every time that they're playing is she, or he's in a game, she posts uh, tweets about domestic violence, and it drives the baseball team nuts, right? right
3: he's complained about her before and about her tweeting about domestic violence every time Asuna's on the mound pretty much.
1: Right, so he doesn't like her.
3: To yeah, be, to there's a history there. there. There's a history.
1: So, you know, saying that he wasn't trying to offend them, he's, he's lying. This past Saturday during our celebration, I used inappropriate language for which I'm deeply sorry and embarrassed. My over exuberance in support of a player has been misinterpreted as a demonstration of a regressive attitude about an important social issue. Those who know me know that I am a progressive and charitable member of the community and a loving, committed husband and father. I hope that those who do not know me understand that the Sports Illustrated article does not reflect who I am or my values. I am sorry if uh, I offended anyone with my actions. Um, I don't believe him. I don't believe that... I believe that he's a, a nice father and husband and all that, but I don't believe him when he says he wasn't trying to offend them. If he turned around to a woman that he already had a history with, knowing that every time she tweets about... The you know, domestic violence with Asuna, that you know they, they're they sick and tired of her, right? They, they don't want that girl around. That's all there is to it. Some chick that's in there, believe me you, writing stuff about the team and domestic violence all night in the press box, you think they're interested in her being there? No. Let's be real here for a second. Let's stop with all this other nonsense. So the Astros executive taunted a group of female reporters about a star player's domestic violence allegations, but the team says that's not how it went down. But it is. It, it is how it went down. And um, Sports Illustrated cites a reporter who was there and several witnesses who say this happened during the locker room celebration. He turned to a group of three female reporters, including one wearing a purple domestic violence awareness bracelet, and yelled a half dozen times, Thank God we got Asuna. I'm so Pharrell and glad we got Asuna. End quote. So. Uh, the Astros are disputing the report. It makes it even worse that they're, you know, lying about it. It's like they're just lying. Like, that's not what he meant. Of course it's what he meant. How stupid do you think we are? How stupid do you think people are? Do you think they're that gullible? Do you really believe that? And they said that S.I. is misleading and, and irresponsible, Um he, they said our executive was supporting the player during a difficult time. What was so difficult about it? They just won game six of the ALCS. It was a party. They were drinking and they were uh, hammering champagne and beer and shots. So, guess what? He was probably drunk. You could say he might have been drunk. He might have had a buzz on. He's screaming and yelling at female reporters about Asuna. I mean, none of this makes sense, does it? That this guy, all this guy's excuses, if you ask me, or the Astros, Backing him that he wasn't doing that it makes him it's laughable. It, it, is it not laughable? It is laughable because I read Jeff pa- uh, what's his name Passan Passan. Jeff Passan's article summed it up the best. They're they're just lying through their teeth. They're backtracking. They're making up anything they can to distract you from the reality of what he did. What he did was he turned around and lit up these chicks, and in particular the one with the domestic violence bands because she's a pain in their ass. So he was lighting her up on purpose. That's all there is to it. That's all there is to it. Now, here's what's going to happen to this guy, just so you know. He's going to either get fired or which he, they're going to have to fire him, right? Because he's he's dug his own grave, hasn't he? Now, here's the other thing. He's an assistant GM. What team in their right mind, <laughs> moving forward, in their right mind, will ever give that guy a job as a general manager? If he embarrassed himself and the organization, and Major League Baseball, and he lit up domestic violence women. He lit them up. He was cussing at them and being abusive, was he not? Did he not embarrass himself and the organization and Major League Baseball and these women with his insulting, derogatory, foul-mouthed screams? That's what they were. He was screaming at them, right? That's what they said. The witnesses said he was screaming at them and cussing at them. He's finished in baseball, this guy, just so you know. So I hope you're listening right now, Brandon. You might have, you want to get into another field. Maybe, you know, you could work in, uh, I don't know, maybe, I don't know, he can't do politics because, they're you know, well, maybe they'll let him do politics because they'll let anyone do politics. That's it. That's what you should do, Brandon. Get into politics. They'll let liars do anything in there because I know you're lying. Deeply sorry, my ass. You're deeply sorry you did it because you're going to lose your job, and you're deeply sorry you did it because you're finished. You're never going to be a GM. Who's going to hire that guy as a GM? Can anyone explain that to me? Because it's going to be a glaring blotch on his resume, isn't it? Is this not going to follow him wherever he goes? Of course it is. He's doomed. He might as well become a, get into real estate or something. Do something else, bro. You're finished in sports. Honestly, who's going to hire him? The guy that cusses out women? <laughs> he makes fun of domestic violence? You're finished, dude. Honestly. Because he was an assistant GM. You know he wants to be a GM. Those days are over. I know he knows that tonight. He's a loving father and husband. I hope his family loves him right now because he's finished in baseball. You're listening to Pharrell on the bench. All right, 855-212-4227. Let's go to Doug in San Jose, Cali. You're on CBS Sports Radio.
3: What's up, Pharrell?
1: How you doing, man? Hey, Doug. Dude, I've heard you for a long time. Big fan of yours, buddy. Thanks, man. Hey, man, I just wanted to know. I know you're talking about the Astros GM, but I want to get off topic. How bad was the New York Jets last night? I mean, uh, it's... The worst I've ever seen uh, Sam Darnold play. But, you know, I guess everyone's entitled to a stinker. I mean, he looked great the week before, so he can hang his hat on that at least. I mean, on a bright note, uh, he looked great against the Cowboys. And he brought him back from the dead. I mean, they were 0-5, right? And then he won a game. Or they were 0-4, he won a game, and then now they're 1-5. Uh, he looked terrible. It was the worst game ever. Four picks and a fumble. There's nothing else you can say about it. The Jets... I had a really bad night, and that's just all there is to it. Now, you know, we'll see how they do against Jacksonville and see if they, you know, shake it off or if they, uh, you know, just keep going backwards.
2: Uh, And What do you think about New England going
1: forward? Do you think that because, like everybody else, they haven't played nobody starting week nine through the rest of the season? That's when we'll see what really New England's all about. I don't even think we have to uh, surmise that they aren't for real, uh, or even guess that they aren't for real, or uh, have to wait until their schedule gets harder to know if they're for real. Believe me, you, the Patriots are for real. They have, uh, in my opinion, without a doubt, the best defense in the NFL, bar none, and that, that they have the best defense. It's not the Bills, it's not the Saints, it's not the Bears. It's not the Niners. It's the Patriots. And the second best is the Niners, the way they're uh, stopping the pass. And then I'd say the third best defense, you would think, is the Bills. Fair enough? So... Uh, I think that the Patriots are going to be good no matter who they're playing, when they're playing them, or, uh, and or anything else. You understand? I don't think the schedule phases them one bit or who they have to play the rest of the way. Look, they're the number one seed right now. I think they'll stay the number one seed. They added Sanu. They've, uh, they've made other moves as well. It seems like, to me, that all of their moves that they make are, are genius. I mean, you know, everybody said they gave up too much for Sanu. So what? It's just another typical Patriot move that uh, no one cares about the receipt or the change, you know, uh, the money that's left over when they, you know, buy these players or get them. Uh, The bottom line is they got him, and it's going to make them even deeper, even better at at their receiving depth and core. So uh, their defense is phenomenal. Uh, In my opinion, the only thing that can stop that freight train uh, moving forward is an injury to Tom Brady. That's it. If that guy's playing and he's fine, they're going to the AFC championship game. Because they're going to play a divisional semi at home, right? They're going to get a bye. They're going to play a divisional semi at home. They're going to win. And then they're going to play, uh, it would appear to me, I'm guessing, right now I'm just guessing, but the AFC title game will be in Gillette and they'll win. And that'll be that, right? Carver, how are you going to argue with that?
2: I'm not going to argue with any of it. They're going to have home field again and nobody's beating them there. It's that simple. Last year, Kansas City had a chance. They had the game in their building, and they still couldn't beat them.
1: So it just is what it is. It is. Shane in North Carolina. Hey,
3: Scotty. What's happening, man? How's it going, bro? All right, man. Not too bad. Hey, uh, I got a question for you here. Uh, Yeah. As a Buckeyes fan, we got Wisconsin this weekend, and then we got a couple weeks, and we got Penn State. Um, how, how big of a risk is Wisconsin in, and how for real is Penn State this year?
1: Well, I think um, they're both really good teams. And I think that, uh, you know, getting Wisconsin off a loss to Illinois is you know, my guess is they're going to have a brutal week of, of prep for this game in Columbus that, uh, you know, Chris going to take them to the, to the woodshed for their performance in Champaign, right? So I'm guessing, like, I cannot even believe they're getting two touchdowns, right, to be honest with you. A team that has one loss that has a running back like Taylor and a, a defense like they have, uh, it's surprising to me that the number's so high. I think Ohio State is incredible. Right now, to me, they are automatically a playoff team in in college football. but And I think they have a a major edge at home when they play in Columbus uh, against, and I think they're playing Penn State there too, right, in Columbus. So the only game they have on the road is Ann Arbor, and and they're going to win that game too because Michigan's Just average. They never win big games. I mean, he's won one big game since he's been in uh, Ann Arbor. Jim Harbaugh has been a complete failure in big games. That's all there is to it. He's won all the games that don't matter. He can't win a game that matters. So they they only have two road games left, Rutgers and Michigan. They're going to win both of them. The two hard games are Wisconsin and Penn State. And I actually believe, from what I've seen, the eye test, is that uh, I think Penn State's maybe one. Touchdown better than Wisconsin as a football team. But I don't, you know, I think Penn State's got that receiver. He's the fastest thing I've seen in college football this year. He's faster than Jerry Judy, if you ask me. That kid for that number one for Penn State. I can't think of his name. Harlan, whatever his name is. All I know is that kid's incredible. And I I don't think anyone can stop him. But uh, I, I think that Ohio State, their job on Saturday is simple. Stop Taylor, right? That's the job. If they can stop him, then, uh, you know, if he doesn't have 100 yards, uh, Wisconsin won't win the game. And I'm not talking about 100 yards. He needs a buck 50 and, uh, and two touchdowns, right? That's what he needs. So that's all I know. Now the Clippers are opening up a can on the Lakers. 45-39, Shammott hitting a bomb. And the Clippers have seized the lead. And your boy... Kawhi Leonard with a breakaway dunk as well to light up Staples. But there's uh, – is it 50-50 to crowd in there? We don't know. You're probably. Even though it's a Clipper
2: home game, you would think that that's what it is. Now, if this was a Laker home
1: game, what would it be? It would be uh, – 80-20? 80-20. But, but I, because you know, it's a
2: Clipper 50-50.
1: I, yeah, I still think it's 50-50 because it's a Clipper game. It means nothing. It's still Laker fans own L.A.
3: Yeah, they're still booing Kawhi, so it's definitely not a Clipper game.
1: Yeah, and
3: Kawhi at the Clipper home game.
1: They love the Lakers in L.A. That's all there is to it. It's it's a lot like uh, the Yankees and Mets here. It's all Yankees. It, it really is. And and out there, believe me, you it's it's the uh, the only thing that matters in that town is the Dodgers and the Lakers. That's it. I mean, they don't even care about the Rams and Chargers and Kings and Angels. Any of it. Seriously. I mean, that's just the bottom line.
2: Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it.
1: You're listening to Pharrell on the bench. End of the inning. Uh, Doolittle got him to fly out to left, so they left Springer on second. They'll go to the ninth, five, four nationals. They got him right where they want him. Your boy Kawhi Leonard has uh, 17 in this game. 49-46 clip joint up on the Lakers. 247 left in the first half. Pretty good uh, first half. You got to admit, they're going at each other for sure. Clippers are going to build their whole uh, team around defense for sure. They got a great uh, defensive team with... Kawhi, and certainly with uh, Beverly, he's an absolute monster on the defensive end. I think Harrell is uh, as well. He's very physical. They got Harrell on uh, Davis right now. I, literally, I had just got done saying, and Davis hit a uh, fadeaway J right in his face, there's only one guy that can guard him on that team, and that's Harrell. But there's only one guy violent enough, physical enough to, to, to match up with Davis, And it is absolutely inexplicable to me that he only literally has, you know, uh, 13 points, nine shots, five free throws. How in God's name do you not get him the ball every single time like they just did and the foul in the paint right under the basket? You've got to get this guy the ball every single time down, touch it in the paint. Did they not used to win titles with Shaq? I mean, how do you have a guy that big? That monstrous, that incredible with the touch he has. He has inside-outside game. He can shoot threes. He can shoot mid-range. He can dunk. He can block shots. He can finish at the rim like no other. Is there anyone that would even deny that? No. Well, then why the Pharrell do you not give him the ball? It is unbelievable to me that they should fire that coach. If How do you not give him the ball? He's, this is his first game coaching the Lakers. Fire him tonight. How do you not give that guy the ball every time down? At least run the offense through him, for Christ's sakes, as Kawhi's just sticking Jays right in his face. Right in his face. Davis can't stop Kawhi Leonard either. That's that's amazing to me. The guy's, what is he, nine foot tall? Honestly. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm just sitting here watching going, like, what are you doing, man? Give him the pill down in the block. What is the problem? Oh, I and mean, here's LeBron shooting 35-footers. No wonder they're losing. What's he doing pulling up from 35? I don't get it. I really don't. Oh, so now, did you see this call? Did you see this call? They're calling a foul there on that block. That's a block. That's a block on, uh, Harrell went in for a dunk. LeBron blocked him. They called a foul. That's a terrible call. That's a terrible call. Watch this. There's no foul. There's no foul there. You cannot call that a foul. That's all ball. He moved out of the way. Never even touched him with his body. Where is the foul? Honest to God. that was That's embarrassing. Here we go. Game one, and the NBA refs are ruining this one. But I don't know. I don't like what I see uh, for the Lakers, that they don't give this guy the ball. It's unbelievable. Every time down, I'd give it to him.
2: You've got to remember who we're dealing with here on the Lakers. LeBron. LeBron. LeBron is not going to defer... To anybody That's why maybe this wasn't the the best type of player To put with LeBron Because isn't Davis most effective If you're giving him the rock down low Well, You have to If
1: you have those two players You have to win a championship (laughs) But LeBron
2: wants everything run through him
1: And that's that simple. He has to defer that. That, Those days are over. Uh, Those days are over. I don't know if
2: he's ready to defer that.
1: I think he is. I think he knows. I think he's smart enough. Mafia, you play basketball. You know he's smart enough to realize that he's got to get that ball to Davis down in the block. I mean, honest to God.
3: Yeah, I think he is. That's why he wants a guy like that with him. That's why he wanted him. Right. We've seen that with LeBron time and time again in his career. You know, he always wanted guys to play with so that he didn't have to do everything. And it wasn't all on his shoulders. Not because he's not a great player, but because he knows that's not how you win. You know, guys like Allen Iverson, guys like Jimmy Butler, guys like Carmelo, they never won because they always wanted everything through them, never wanted anybody they to give the ball to, and just played hero ball, and it doesn't work.
1: So, they're giving, uh, the Clippers are getting a lot of calls, it would appear to me. I'm seeing all these calls. Harold just got fouled again, and every time they go down and get touched, they call a foul. Davis at the other end gets a ball and gets hammered every time he touches it, and they don't call anything. But he has shot 10 free throws. I'll give you that. So they've actually – they have not shot a lot of free throws, the uh, Clippers. Right now in that game, it's 14-13 in fouls. Clippers have 14. So they're up six and under a minute to go. So there you go. Anyway, com is the best site, best snags, best price, best return uh, the proof's in the pudding, documented. College football, Saturday, 69% of my bets hit. Hit my top play, three of my top four, seven of my top ten. And then NFL for the week, 71%. That's my fourth count. I'm one, two, three, fourth week out of seven that I've been over 70%. I had a 79, a 77, and two seventy one percent weeks in the NFL, and I did it again last week. What are you waiting for? Sign up for relonthebench.com. Hide the money from your wife. So um, I was looking at these. uh, It's just inexplicable these these contracts that these NFL or these college coaches make. I mean, they're making more money than NFL coaches. They really are. They are. It is unbelievable. The highest paid ones are. Oh, way more. There. How many guys are making nine million dollars in the NFL? Look, we know Gruden. Obviously, Gruden is. I don't -hmm. even think they pay Belichick nine million dollars. Is, uh, John Gruden's the highest paid coach in the league, isn't he? Sean Payton, what's he making? Anyway, Dabo Swinney, $9.3 million to spread his Christianity at Clemson. There you go. Nick Saban, $8.9 million. Now, I will, I'll give you this. Dabo Swinney's won a couple national titles, right? And then how many does Nick Saban has? What, five or six? How does he not make more money than Dabo Swinney? How is uh, Nick Saban not the highest-paid coach in college football? I, I think uh, Dabo Swinney's been incredible. There's no denying it. Lou Williams from 35 feet out, Drano, 60-53 with under a minute. Jim Harbaugh's making $7.5 million. He's not worth $7.5. The, the job he's done in Ann Arbor is literally he's worth the entire contract should be $7.5 million, the whole thing.
3: You've seen the reports today now they're saying that his reps are gonna you know, reach out to NFL teams and he's thinking about skipping out and going back to the NFL. Oh, that Harbaugh is? That's what they're saying. That so so, he's gauging interest.
1: So wait, his people are gauging interest around the league if anybody wants him?
3: Yeah, anybody who might want him to come back to the NFL. And
1: do you think people would want him back in the NFL? I do.
3: Oh, absolutely. He had a great record in San Francisco.
1: I think he would do uh I think he'd do well in the NFL again. Do you, Carver High? Jim Harbaugh, would you like him back in the NFL?
2: I, I think that one day he might find his way back there. Will he make what not he's you saying it? he's looking into it right now. I, I think that with the way this is going, I, I don't believe that Michigan would fire him. I believe that he would have to leave Michigan him, on his own
1: accord. I, I don't think. It sounds that, to me like people want him gone already. It's going to be or... like a
3: mutual parting of ways.
1: Well, of course, because they're never going to admit it, but th- it's a disaster right now, is it not?
2: As far as the NFL guys uh, up in that area with those college coaches, now Belichick's um, salary is not really known, but rumors say that it that it is between ten and twelve million with the Patriots. Belichick's I mean, making yeah. ten to twelve million. Yeah, there's no uh, obviously he's not going to comment on it. Nobody really knows what he makes, but uh, sources say it's between ten and twelve million. We know that Gruden makes ten million. Pete Carroll makes nine. Sean Payton makes nine.
1: So wait. So go go down this list again. So uh, Belichick's
2: between ten and twelve, okay. somewhere in that and area. Then, and then Gruden ten. Pete Carroll nine. Sean Payton, Sean 9. Payton nine. Ron Rivera seven point seven five. Andy Reid seven point seven five. Mike Tomlin seven.
1: Wow, I can't believe they pay Tomlin seven million dollars. Those are your top ones. Davos winning nine point three million, Nick Saban eight point nine million, Jim Harbaugh seven point five million, Jimbo Fisher seven point five million, Kirby Smart six point nine million, and uh, what's he won at Georgia? I mean, he's been in big games. I'll give him that, but has he won anything? He hasn't won anything. How do you get six point nine million dollars you never won anything? Gus Malzahn, six point eight million. Didn't he win it all? He won it all, so he. I can see why he got the money. If you win it all, you deserve the money. If you've never won it all, maybe it was Chiswick. Uh Tom Herman, six six point eight million for uh, the guy at Texas. Uh, Tom Herman. How about this one? This one's insulting to me. Uh, Jeff Brom at Purdue makes six point six million. Purdue sucks. Why is that guy making so it six? Makes like a-
3: a million to win. Six point
1: six million for Jeff Ferrell and Brom.
2: Well, if you remember, he was wasn't he going to run away to to Louisville, and they ended up giving him a lot of money to stay. I
1: guess, but he's not worth six million dollars. He's not worth. Uh, he's not literally, in my opinion, he's not worth six million the whole length of the contract. I mean it. What what has Jeff Brom done? Seriously, what is, besides nothing? I mean, give me. Let's get real here. What's he done, Jeff Brom? I mean, they get their ass beat every week. Lincoln Riley, uh, $6.4 million at Oklahoma. I guess if you coach at Oklahoma, you deserve 6000000 million.
2: He'll get more in this next deal. That's Dan, remember
1: his first deal. Dan Mullen at Florida, $6 million. So here you go. Uh, highest paid Power 5 coaches. Swinney, 9.3. Herman, 6.5. Big 10, Harbaugh, 7.5. Uh, Chris Peterson at Washington, $4.6 and Saban, 8.8 in the SEC. Uh, these are the lowest paid Power 5 coaches for each league. Uh, Dave Claussen at Wake, 2.1 million. Uh, Kansas State's Chris uh, Kleiman, 2.3 million. Indiana's Tom Allen in the Big Ten, 1.8 million. Pac-12, Kevin Sumlin at Arizona, 2 million. SEC Joe Moorhead three million. Now why would you leave Mississippi State in three million dollars? Are you gonna pay him three million to coach Rutgers?
2: They might actually with all that Big Ten money that they're raking in over there They're, in not, they're not paying
1: a coach three million at Rutgers. They don't they win one game every uh, ten years. At five million, Charlie Strong at USF's total compensation is far and away the highest for a group of five coaches. Dana Holgerson, three point seven million at Houston.
2: No, Rutgers paid that Chris Ash guy 2.3. I mean, oh, and <laughs> if they paid dis- him 2.3. They have paid that guy at Mississippi State 3.
1: What a disaster he was. That's crazy. The, the numbers I'm talking about here is just absolutely crazy.
2: And just imagine they had to pay like 7.5 to buy him out.
1: Two outs now in the bottom of the ninth. Curiel flies out. This game's over.
2: And Springer, who had the hit. That got it to 5-4. His fault it's not tied. Was showboating out of the box. Did not run on that hit. Could have easily made it to third and would have eventually scored. Instead, he had to stop at second. The Astros do not get the tying run. Springer maybe uh, needed to run harder out of the box on that hit.
1: So uh, Correa is the last out.
3: Originally, I would have thought that. But if you watched the replay, the guy at second actually thought the ball was going to get tagged because it's should have eaten, messed up, and hit on the wrong part of his glove when he jumped. So if he actually went back to second to tag, I don't think Springer actually would have made it to third because he would have to wait on his guy.
1: Now, Korea blasts one, but it's caught. It's, it's catchable. Game over. Nationals win. Game over. Nationals win. Everybody said they couldn't win a game because they had a week off, and they lead the World Series one zip. Let's go. Nice job by the Astros tonight at home in their uh, game one in their building with their ace. What happens when your ace loses? You lose the series. What's going to happen now? Is he going to come back and win? Now that He's they got are, another race tomorrow night, they'll probably beat him too. Who's oh, Verlander tomorrow night against Strasburg? Yep. Who are you taking there?
2: Hey, I got my win in Houston. Gra- Great gravy game for the Nationals tomorrow night in H Town.
1: Yeah, they got nothing to lose and everything to gain. Eight five five two one two four CBS.
0: Okay.